Oh my God, I can't believe you managed to organise for us to interview John Birmingham for the podcast. It's brilliant, and I've got the best idea. Go on then. I think, you know how he, you know, he's, he likes zombies, and he talks about zombies a lot. He does talk about zombies a lot. And, and the zombie apocalypse, which is coming. Yeah, I don't know whether it is. No, just go with me. All right. We should dress up as zombies. He'd love that. I know. And look, in this bag, I've got some zombie costumes. Brilliant. Zombie brains. My crotch. Brains. Okay, okay. Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Hey everyone, Gregoire here. I'm sure many of you have heard about the terrible flood which has devastated large amounts of Queensland and of course the capital of Queensland, Brisbane. Now Dan and I both live in Brisbane and we can attest that the destruction has been horrific, terrible. The podcast was actually taped before the floods happened, and we would like to assure our listeners that we are going to be talking about all things meteorological and hydrological in the coming up podcasts, but this podcast won't have any mention of it beyond, of course, this note. I want to try and put some perspective on the size of this flood. For our European listeners, the floods have devastated an area that is bigger than both France and Germany combined. Now, for our American listeners, that means there is a flood in Queensland which has utterly devastated an area bigger than Texas and Oklahoma combined. So this is a terrible disaster. You can help. What the people of Queensland need now is your fat cash. If you want to donate to the official Premier's flood appeal... Even a dollar, a pound, a euro, an American dollar, a Canadian dollar, peso, whatever you want to donate, please go to qld.gov.au and you'll see in the right-hand side a donate button. Please donate generously. The flood has devastated Queensland. I mean that most sincerely. And we need all the help we can get. Thanks. Welcome to Smart Enough to Know Better, a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. And guess what we have, Dan, for 2011? Um, more of the same old guff. A whole new year of ignorance! I'm very excited Yay! about Yay! <laughs> There's nothing I like better than ignorance. It makes me feel less ignorant That's right. well, by comparison. Except when it's your ignorance. Well, I like to be part of the group. <laughs> I like to be part of the mob. But we survived a whole year, and now here, well, we, well as in yeah, the world well, we, survived. We started in June. I know, I meant us as a species. Oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, you know, the human race survived another year, another rotation around the sun, and here we are to go again for 2011, another ride on the merry-go-round. Yeah, one last to go before 2012. That's what we have And time. then the Incans will rise up against us. That's Is right. this... What? Something like that, yeah, yeah. With the, and it'll, there'll be a calendar, and it'll be a long count, and there'll be a wall of water. And then 
Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick will survive. I think, I think the Incans will expand <laughs> to consume the Earth. Oh, that's right. Then, uh, and then shrink that back down oh, into a red dwarf. Oh, the Dan Beeston fat Incan theory. Fat Incans. Nice. I like it. Now we'll go with that one. That's good. The Incans were always a race that fascinated me as a kid. Like, I, I, I didn't I think, really care. I think there were Mayans, by the way. Oh, the right. Mayan calendar wasn't the Incan calendar. Oh, okay. Just because I, I can already, I, I can already hear people screaming at us, going, "Yeah, ignorance! You started well." I'm about to say a naughty word, but I'm not going to. Eleven. I'm not saying the naughty words. <laughs> I was watching something last night. And went, I know almost nothing about Native Americans or people from Chad or you mean the Sun Mongo- Mongoloids. Not the sun. Don't call what Mongolians you mean? Yes. Well, all of the Mongoloids. Right. I don't think it's a term that we use nowadays anymore. No, we're not supposed to use it. No, I don't think. I think. I think. Yeah, I think it's one of those terms you don't kind of use. What, like Caucasian. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's Mongoloids or and Negroid. Ca- Negroid. Yeah, I'm not allowed to use that one either. No, just, I, w- I just wouldn't. Yeah, just just back up. Just back. Yeah, just 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 don't. Okay. Well, at any rate, I was always quite fascinated with people from South America. Yes. With all of the uh, the sacrificing people, and people would volunteer to be sacrificed because it was an honour. Yeah, kind or of. They were excited to be sacrificed. Yeah, a lot of them were drugged out of their minds and, oh. and, and long periods of time, and then, as far as I'm aware, they were treated very well with drugs and alcohol and happy times and. Mm. Happy because the heart's ripped out. Yeah. But, uh, and pyramids in the, in the mm, jungles and yes. cities of gold and flying eagles, <laughs> like big metal oh, eagles. I see where our problem is. <laughs> You've seen that cartoon. The cities of gold? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's not... Uh, fair enough. That was not a documentary? No, I don't, think so. I don't think so. I like how it got bigger. They, they first find a big golden boat that, that, go- fi- yep. that fires sun rays. Like it can fire, it can reflect the sun. Oh, and, yeah, a bit of Archimedes can, fire. Whoa! And like and burn things, and then then they lost that as I remember a long time since I've seen it. And then later on they got a big flying eagle. But yeah. That's just like better. Once you're a big flying eagle, like why couldn't they just get instantly where they needed to go? Well, oh no, we need to get 150 kilometers over there. We'll, we'll they fly. can only fly during the day. Oh okay, because the sun powered it. Oh okay, I think. Dun, dun, dun. And just because you can fly doesn't mean you can go fast. Someday we will find the cities of and gold. And they probably just flew do, do, around do, 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 for a while because it's, ah. it's really hard. Like, they weren't just, we, we, know, we know exactly where to go. It's some days we will find. So they're just basically meandering <laughs> up and right. down South America, hey, hey, desperately hey. hoping to find a city of gold. Right. This is important now. How does this fit into our podcast? Ignorance. Right. Good. Okay. Now, speaking of things that aren't ignorant, we have a very lovely... See, that was a, that was a segue. We're being more professional this year. And that, my friends... Don't draw attention to the that, segue. That, my friends, it was a segue. It ruins the segue okay. when, you, when, you, when you sit there gloating about it. <laughs> So a person who's not ignorant is Alan Lawrence from America. That's all we know. It's not a big place. So if you know Alan Lawrence, say hi to him for us. Yeah. Because uh, America's only got 350 million people. So love the podcast. It's a letter, by the way. I'll start that again. It's an email from Alan Lawrence from America. <laughs> it's a, it was a telegram <laughs> delivered post-haste attached to a pigeon. It says Dan, but I'm sure he meant Dan and Greg. I'm sure he meant that Alan... Dan, love the podcast. Anyway, I caught something on the radio talk show here in America and caught, that caused me to shout uh, at the radio in an Australian accent. A caller asked how they knew what the galaxy looked like and the expert avoided the question and instead talked about our solar system and how it turns out we're quite unusual because we have small rocky planets near the sun and gas giants far away. He then said that in most or all of the other solar systems they found, the gas giants are really close to the suns. And that's when I started yelling. Isn't it that the current detection methods favour systems where the largest planets are closest to the sun? Suns, and that we can't yet detect systems similar to ours. I'd love to hear you guys talk about this. Dan, go. 
I find it amusing that he says he was speaking in an Australian accent, so I wonder what that was. That's, and, and that leads me to an idea I had, Dan Beeston. We're going to invite our listeners to record on their computers, or how they can, yeah. their best Australian accents, and send them to <laughs> us. Now, if you're, not Austra- if you're in Australia, that doesn't count, because you are Australian, but if you're, if you're not an Australian, please record your best Australian accents, because I've heard some atrocious ones recently, people who, who say, oh, I can do an Australian accent, and then just you know, do that, put another shrimp on the barbie, and you're like, what the hell is that? No one speaks like that. It, it's, it's weird. So, yeah. that's it. They, you know, the worst Australian accent I ever heard was on the television show Sliders where in one episode, almost all of the men in the world had been killed off by some sort of genetic virus and it was men in Australia who survived. And so Australia had taken over the world. Nice. And, and we was, will. And it was we mostly women you. who oh, took over the world. So there are all these women. military Australian you mean, women. You mean Sheilas? Sheilas. Apparently I do. <laughs> there are all these Sheilas. And this woman walked in and she said, oh, there's a problem. There's people who have slid in from another alternate universe and, uh, and they're bloody and then, yanks. Uh, and then <laughs> the, someone, uh, like their commanding officer, said, Is that all? And she said, Yes. All right, you may leave. All right then. G'day. And left the room. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know whether some of our international listeners are familiar mm. with the phrase g'day, but no let me assure you, no one ever says it when they leave. And also, I don't think they say it the way you said it then either. No, they don't say g'day. G'day. Yeah, it's a bit, that's a bit laboured. It's a bit laboured. Like G-I-D-D-A-Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G'day. Yeah. It's g'day. G'day. But it, even then, it g'day. sounds a bit ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're the wrong people for it. We haven't got the right accents, really, as well, to do to pull that off. We're a bit towny, you know what I mean? We're a bit, you know... We're bit, a city folk. A bit latte-drinking, tie-wearing... Anyway, uh, so, so don't... What we, what we don't want to hear is the word shrimp and barbie for this competition. Yeah. So you, you will not use the word... It's not, they're, they're prawns, by the way. They're prawns. They're not yeah, shrimps. Yeah. We have a barbecue and we have prawns, but no one throws another shrimp on the... That's just People madness. People don't usually have barbecued prawns, either. Oh, it's uh, it's, no, it's no, rare. It's, it's, yeah. People buy them cold, like, I don't know, what? Pre, pre-boiled, and, <laughs> yes. and they just eat them cold. What? Yeah. You cook them. You can cook them as well. You, you, you well, can put them on the barbie. Yes, you, you can. You can put them on the yes, barbie. Yes, you can. Go back to your hookah pipe, bloody Melbourneite. You don't even live in Melbourne. Poets, why don't you wear a beret and discuss the power of Sydney? I, 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 look, I, I, what do I know about Australians? Aren't Nothing. you an expat? Like, aren't you from South America? The South Africa? <laughs> South America. <laughs> I come from the cities of gold. That's you. And there you go. South South Americans be insulted by my attempt at your accent. You will buy the cities of gold. That's terrible. That's, that's, <laughs> quite, that's quite insulting, and I, and I apologise. But look, hey, we all do it badly, so that's that's fine. Am I? No, I was born right here in Brisbane. Thank you very much. I just have ancestry that, from South Africa. Oh, my that's father's much less South interesting. Africa. Yeah, sorry. Yes, I was born in Brisbane. But anyway, back. Back to Mr. Alan Lawrence and his wonderful email to us. Yes. Yes, I, I think I agree, Alan. To, to recap, yes, I think it is the detection methods. When we talked in the last podcast about this, the Doppler method, where the wobble of the sun, of the of that star, uh-huh. due to the planet around it, the you require, well, when they first started finding these things, it required a, a big, in inverted commas, wobble. So yep. I mean a bigger planet to, to find that wobble. Then you have the transit method, and the planet goes in front of the star, between the star and the Earth. Mm-hmm. And you see the dimming of the light. Of course, the bigger the planet, the more it can 
drop the light down as well. So yes, of course, we can find bigger planets. And now there's the Kepler telescope, which is just pointing in one area of the sky, and it's just unblinkingly staring at the sky for years, and it's going to look at millions of stars and find planets. We are going to find planets closer and closer to ours. So yes, we found a lot of hot Jupiters, close to hot Jupiters of a like, same size as Jupiter, or bigger, like sometimes much bigger, yep. very close to their companion star, but we are discovering smaller and smaller bodies, and now we're getting down to three times the size of the Earth, that sort of thing. And, and this becomes harder and harder to detect. It's, it's, you're talking thousands of light years. It's amazing we can even do this. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's magical, if you want to put it that way. It's, <laughs> not, it's not magical, but you know what I mean. It's, it's pretty impressive, the humanity. So thank you, Alan. Yes. Good, good bit of rational thought playing out there from his point. That's right. To go, wait a sec, critical thought. Yes. Good, a good bit of critical and don't thinking. And don't be frightened of ringing, the, ringing up to them and saying, well, I was listening to Smart Enough to Know Better. <laughs> Dot org. Dot org. <laughs> and they said, and they'll go, who are these idiots? And they'll go, oh, oh, and they'll be embarrassed. No, 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 that's the great thing. <laughs> they won't say, who are these idiots? They'll go, oh, who are they? They must be really uh, a, a verifiable news source. <laughs> and then they'll listen to us. <laughs> I, there was another letter. Oh, was there? Yes. Well, there were some mentions on the Geeks On forum, because I love listening to Geeks oh, On. It's a great good. podcast. We were mentioned on Geeks On. That's a high honour indeed. Well, we weren't mentioned on Geeks On. We were no. mentioned in the forum. In the forum topic That's... that I started. <laughs> Stop ruining this for us. You started so well, Dan, and now I'm not so excited. But one of the biggest trolls had something to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Josh listened to our very first episode where we were talking about how ice gets harder, the colder it gets. Mm. It gets harder and harder and harder. To a certain point, yes. And he puts forward that this is because the crystal structure actually changes depending on the temperature. Mm. Yes. How clever is that? That's pretty cool, yes. And once again, ice is just, well, water is just magical. Once again, I'm using that word. Water is pretty amazing. (laughs) God Uh, gave us water. (laughs) Oh, Uh, God. Water is really amazing in the fact that, uh, we've discussed this before, but I just want to bring it up very quickly. It's one of the very few natural compounds that I know of that when it turns solid, it's less dense than when it's liquid. So ice floats on top of water. Yeah. That's pretty rare. That's pretty amazing and exciting. And we discussed this earlier in another podcast, so I'm not going to go into it again. Go back to episode 1.0. Boom! When, when our technical difficulties were really technical. Now, rather than just waffling on between us for hours and hours and hours <laughs> and then cutting it down to something that seems cohesive... <laughs> What we've done is we've gone out and we've done an interview with a very famous, worldwide famous author. We are very excited. It's a coup! A smart enough to know better coup! It is. John Birmingham agreed to be interviewed by us, and so what you'll hear is us rather messily setting up and getting on with it. He gave us permission to enter the sanctum, the walled-off sanctum, his protected zombie sanctum, where the bunnies give you drinks. Yeah. And the golden hovercraft is parked in the landing strip. In the landing strip, yes, yes. out the front. He moved. The, had to move the hovercraft for us to land the comedy blimp. What a mensch! The smart enough to know better comedy blimp. He moved the golden hovercraft, and we parked it right there. Lovely man. Yeah, I think we may have left an oil spot, <laughs> and I don't understand that I because think, I no, don't think that there's just, oil in the. No, no, no. It's a, it's nuclear. I peed a little. I was so excited. It was me. That was just highs off. That's man. right. <laughs> After his parties. <laughs> 
have a very exciting interviewee today. He was the writer for the Weapons of Choice trilogy, After America and Without Warning, well known for his, he died with a falafel in his hand books, and of course he also works under his pen name for his romantic novels, Nick Earls. It's Mr. John Birmingham! <laughs> Fellas, you can leave now. <laughs> Damn it! And this is, it's totally, it's well done. It's, what took ten seconds, so you did quite well then. How long before we can insult the man? I'm impressed why I wasn't thrown out during the setup. <laughs> So we're here, actually, Mr. John Birmingham, of course, now people kind of say, oh, you know, Brisbane or Australian author, but now you're a worldwide author. That's I mean, right. I uh, actually prefer the term international super author. Oh, there you go. Oh, super author. Well, I have to come straight out and ask, straight off, right off the bat. I was going to leave this to the end, but I'm going to come straight out and ask, what's the title of the next book? So without warning, After America and... Book three. Oh, that's brilliant. It's catchy, isn't it? It's meta. Oh, that's, that's, that'll, it'll like blow one's mind. Like, we didn't expect that. There you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. It's called Book 3. And if it's not Book 3, I'm not buying it. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> we have to leave again, don't we? <laughs> Damn it. But the trick is to lure him into a sense. We're right. supposed to go, you're supposed to leave that to the end mm-hmm. so that we lure him into a sense of comfortableness. Oh. And then you just okay. casually ask. Oh. And then, boom, suddenly all the spoilers come out. Hang on, how about this? How about... So, uh, I don't care about book three. John, how about um, book four? You know, I thought today this was going to chew up a shitload of my time. Uh-oh. But I <laughs> see, I could have actually just kept working and let you guys run in the corner of the room. That's right. That's true. Yes. <clears throat> Put in a place again. One thing I wanted to ask is you're a professional author. And you've been super writing... Author. Super author. author. Back international up, back up, back up. super author. You didn't start as a super author. No. We did. Oh, wait. Oh, damn, now I thought like the suck up. Damn it! So you started writing ages and ages ago, writing for magazines and newspapers and such? Oh, no. No, no, no worse than that. I started off in the far edges of the fringe press at Semper at UQ. Good in the God, days really? before it had staples. At, um, <laughs> My first story for them was about late-night greasy eating joints in Brisbane. There were three of them in those days, and I supposed to review them. Instead, I ended up in a brothel called the House of the Rising Sun, <laughs> where I woke up on the brown shag pile carpet, covered in my own vomit, but with a buck thirty-six in my pocket, which is a triumph, because that is actually the same amount of money I had left the house with the night before. Hooray! That, that was my first story. I got 15 bucks for it. My flatmates, unfortunately, spent $5,000 on hookers and blow that night, so it <laughs> didn't work out as well for them. But, but yes, just... having had that night, I thought, that's f***ing money for jam. I'll have that. Thank you. <laughs> so what I want to talk about was the technology that you started with. Like, no staples is obviously the very bottom rung. Mm. And I imagine it was run off on one of those things which where the print is all purple and it smells like oh, a paint um, factory. Um, uh, yes, um, teachers used to use it a lot. Come around the end of it. I'm trying to recall that tech from those days. We uh, Bromides. We used a lot of bromides. That's a, that's, we don't talk about that. Remember, you're being recorded, so don't mention the bromides, John. <laughs> don't mention the bromides. That'll be good. We well, can. But, <laughs> but I'd be interested in finding out how the tech, the actual physical technology of writing has changed as you've progressed. The very first bit of writing kit that I had, which I remember sort of fondly, and I wish I'd kept, was my Sharp IntelliWriter 2000, which I bought for $200 from Monty's loan and leg-breaking service down (laughs) in the valley. And I think it had a massive 4K of memory on board, and I spent another 150 bucks. This is 150 bucks in mid-80s dollars. Mm, mm. These bucks had... 
they had heft. That's an Australian dollars uh, too, which you both... I think that allowed me, with my extra 4K, I was able to get four pages, a copy, <laughs> stored in the memory. And the, um, it was the IntelliWriter, because it had a little screen. It was as big as your pinky, and I think uh, it showed 16, possibly 24 characters, wow. all at once. Oh, my goodness, and, at uh, once?! It's you see, you have the, that rich sense of sarcasm in your voice, but it, after using a typewriter, there's no backspace a, on a typewriter. That's no, uh, exactly right. Okay. Exactly. The, the, the backspace on a typewriter is in a little, little, little pot next yeah. to the typewriter. The, the IntelliWriter had both up and down arrows. <laughs> it was truly two-dimensional. I think you actually had to get thermal paper, so it, oh, it, it burned your words onto the paper, and it did so <laughs> with this lovely hum. I used to print my stories out in the common room of the Psych Students Association, because in those days I was their social director. And <laughs> That's where the meant, bromides came in, wasn't it? That, that was so. where I used to... We had, a, we had one of those coffee machines that looked really, really impressive, but it was all just instant coffee in the end. You sort of click-clacked and water came from somewhere and shitty coffee came out. You're supposed to put two dollars in a little tin and part of my job was to get that money and, and make sure it was banked and you know that's how I afforded the, the IntelliWriter the as high. it turned out. <laughs> and, uh, I used to run this thing in the in the in the common room making sure no one else stole the coffee money. And it, it had the most beautiful hum when it was burning the words onto the thermal paper and I can actually recall it to these days. You just go and like once monks. I'd start yeah, Gregorian chanting of printing off a whole doc, everybody, do it with me. For four pages. It's fantastic. <laughs> so not only did you have the satisfaction of having completed the article, but the machine itself sounded quite satisfying. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Everything you've written is genius. All it needed was to lie back and have a smoke and it would have been perfect. <laughs> I've just realised what this scenario reminds me of because John is sitting down in a, in a chair with mm. a microphone in his hand and we're both standing at yes. a microphone basically with our hands behind our backs. It's kind of like a small dictatorship with kind of a casual dictator <laughs> yes. who is sitting there with all the confidence so, that he knows that the two men standing in front of him can be killed on his order at any point. At the start of the interview I was, I, I was talking about how it's going to be uncomfortable because we were going to be looming over John and, and if he might feel a little bit sort of intimidated but of course it's us. I'm sure to realise this wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but yes, so it's, it's, it's our own Kim Jong-il of... of, um, of My only regret is that this polished concrete floor does not hold out the possibility of a trapdoor, which, <laughs> which I could drop you down into my ravenous shark pit. But it's easy to clean blood off. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yes, and all the, there's all these little holes uh, in the corners where the blood just be sprayed out. That's sort of a... <laughs> there is actually no holes, listeners. I, mean, I don't mean to ruin the magic, but he, he's not going to kill us. There's two of us. One will get away. Just run, Dan. Unfortunately, he's ruined the illusion that all of our inter interviews take place in the Smart Enough Comedy Blimp. Oh, damn. Oh, we, we occasionally bring that up. Yes, the Smart Enough to Know Better Comedy Blimp high <laughs> over the skies of Brisbane. We, we decided to come down. That's what we decided to. We would come from our mighty pinnacle and come down here for John Birmingham. That's how much we care. Is that what happened? Oh, God. So, well, so there we is a power to... imbalance involved, too. So we've got... Well, I wasn't getting onto that f***ing blimp. No, well, no, no. Have you seen it? It's, we maintain it. So <laughs> things are death we, we can't even bring enough microphone stands, let alone, let alone maintain a fully operational nuclear-powered blimp. So it's... Uh, <clears throat> uh, but yes, I imagine you moved eventually onto computers. 
Yeah, what was my first one? It, I, I don't have as, as fond of memories of my first computer because it was a PC and it, <gasps> it ran DOS. DOS, oh. DOS on floppy disks. So yeah, disk operating system. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. With the commands and... Oh, I still I remember these exciting think, days. I think I ran WordStar or something like that <laughs> on it. <laughs> Is that so. back in the days when Bill Gates said, you will never need more than 640k of memory? I know, he said it to me personally, which is why I do not follow the path of Mr Gates these days. So you've gone to a darker path? A brighter path? <laughs> My master Steve Jobs. <laughs> Long way he ran. <laughs> um, look, uh, uh, let me see. Two, two discs... Both floppies. Hang on, an entire, lovely... an entire operating system fit on two discs, two three and a half inch discs. Uh, one disc was for was for data, and <laughs> one was to run WordStar. And <laughs> it, yeah, this, uh, is the, this is the the typing program, right? Not the Do- operating DOS, system. You could, it was a tiny file you put at the beginning of the disc, and the rest of the program sat on the other end of the disc. Yeah. So that the disc would boot, and then you could run the program. Nice. And it had a lovely opalescent screen where the, the letters came up. They were made up of, of little glowing lines, as I recall. And that's pretty much all it did. Oh, okay. So, I'm trying to see... I'm, uh, well, let's not forget my dot matrix printer as well. <gasps> I love dot... They're still the best things in the world. Because I'm not much younger than you, John. And, and so I remember a lot of technology as well. I wasn't really into it at that time. But dot matrix is ingrained in my memory forever. They go... <laughs> yep, that's right. And uh, with a kind of clattery undertone. Yeah, that, um, oh, all those computers were about the sounds that they made. It was, it was they, they had a great, they, there was a great sense of significance to a, a dot matrix document because, of course, it was all joined together with the, the hole punch inside. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. you, you could be writing about your first big night out in a brothel, or you could be <laughs> printing out launch codes for the Soviet nuclear arsenal. It all looked exactly the same coming out of a dot matrix printer. You can make Banners too, as my childhood, when I realised magic had come to the planet Earth, is when as a kid I'd worked out that you could print a banner that was 20 feet long and it sort of said happy birthday dad or something and you, and you just print it out in dot matrix and you hang it up on the wall and you'd sit and wait for your father to come home and he'd get absolutely ridiculously insanely angry because I'd wasted you know 20 feet of paper <laughs> and about $400 worth of ink mm. <laughs> so that's sorry that's, that's, that's dots, my that's, right. that's my uh, psychosis those dots were scarce <laughs> don't waste the dots <laughs> And then, of course, you had a bunch of things like spell checking and <gasps> that's ah, oh, which is these, are, these things that everyone knows. I don't know that I had spell checking. I um, I, I may have pirated my copy of WordStar, oh. which meant that I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get all the. So the you're extras. the one who took the money away from Bill Gates. Yes. <sighs> Was that his? Was WordStar his? Mm, he, no, he started off with Word. I'm, pr- I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's just, right. Then. He, yeah, right. There he won't come for you then. I, I, I remember WordPerfect. That's, that's yeah. what I use. WordPerfect yeah, is Word, what I use. WordPerfect was for the rich kids, <gasps> the ones who had shoes. I think, I think it was the... <laughs> once again, I think it was pirated in my house. I think my father no went for... bought software no, in the early no. 80s. Or Where would you go? Or, or in, the, uh, in the first decade of the 21st either, actually. Oh, hang on. <clears throat> I'm oh, trying desperately to remember what came next. After that, that was a two thousand dollar computer. That's so I remember the price two thousand. And it hasn't and changed. I, I actually remember beautiful? writing. I had a notepad next to the computer where I used to write down what I had been paid for each story, <laughs> until I felt I had eventually paid it off because it was a work computer. So you didn't me. you didn't trust the computer to write in the computer what you no, made no, on no, the computer. No, this was an important document. Yeah, this one. <laughs> I wasn't trusting it to shabby like fucking dot matrix. Uh, <laughs> this one was pen and ink, buddy. That's Old school. Whack it on the wall. There it is. Ah. So have you ever written with the pen and ink? 
parchment, papyrus? Um, I, when I was doing Leviathan, uh, I used to get, not blocked, but just overwhelmed by the amount of crap I had to synthesise to put that book together. Mm. I said, where, where, where am I going now? I, I would often find that a screen was just too much. You couldn't fill it up. Whereas a notepad, of course, you can scrawl any old crap on that. And so I'd grab myself a coffee and I'd walk away from the computer and sit down with an, an old-fashioned notebook and just go, what am I trying to write here? And then just scroll out some notes as quickly as possible and then take them back and turn them into finished prose. Nah. And that would often so help. you say an old-fashioned notebook, is that like just a Spyrex thing? Or is this no, one no, of those I hate, moleskin I hate... skin things? <laughs> no, no, no. Like that shine yes. like the he, sun. He had to go into the bush and kill the deer himself. <laughs> no, it's shameful to admit, actually. I used to use school exercise books because they were cheap. And, you know, they were useful. They had those big pages and they were lined. Cheap, cheap and lined. You couldn't get right, better. Right height. Okay. So, so, but nowadays, I mean, I know I'm jumping ahead a lot. Would you now, if you had to, would you pick up a, like a, an iPad or something of, of that equivalent and just write in that quickly? If you, go, oh, here's an idea, or, or would you still use no, um, like a pen and, and paper? Oh, for an idea, it depends mm. where I am. I, I probably wouldn't write it down, no, because I, I would almost certainly have my master's <laughs> most shiny recent precious, the iPhone, within. <laughs> uh, within reach, and I would just hit the memo and make a memo to right, myself okay. out of that. Uh, a very Twin Peaks style. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's and nowadays, of course, you could get Dragon Dictation as a, an add-on you can get for that, where it just turns your memo into a little printed document. Wow, so, really? Mm, but, of course, you have to speak like William Shatner for the <laughs> software to understand what you're Does saying. Does that include the accent? Period. Yes, <laughs> it does. Now, John, I know you. Period. I know that. I know you broke your arm in the past, and you had to keep to keep writing because that's mm. what you do. So you went and used Dragon. Is it Dragon Dictation? Or use their dictation bit of software anyway to get yeah. through that period. When when you pass through the gates to the glorious citadel of my master Steve Jobs, it stops being Dragon software and becomes Max Beach Dictate, right. an altogether shinier and more precious, much, in... much nicer. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, that emperor's got <laughs> new clothes. <laughs> I get the feeling I'm the one that's going to get killed. But hang on, wait, 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 I'm going to save myself. Look, look what I have in my pocket. It's an iPhone 4. It's like Mason's. It's a secret handshake. Oh, God. I, I panicked! Yes, you did. Yeah. Now you're not making fun of me for coming dressed in blue jeans and a black turtleneck, are you? <laughs> The, with the Dragon Dictation software, you talk, do you have to actually speak quite slowly for it to understand? No, sorry, the, oops, the Mac speak. It, or is it sort of faster than that now? It's surprisingly fast right out of the box, but it trains you rather than, than you training it. Like most of us Like speak. all Mac products. Exactly. <laughs> so you can My master it. is building a better world. Shiny precious by shiny precious. <laughs> So, uh, would it be sort of, you, you could be sort of in full flight going, you know, he raced around the corner, the gun in hand, the, the AR-15, all that sort of stuff. I mean, you, it, my, my it gets you is that how you write action? Yeah. Like, yeah. Running, really running around and sort of, you know, throw things at the wall and, and kind of, you know, his head exploded like an organic volcano, etc. No, but I'll tell you who used to do that, the guy that wrote the Conan novels. He used to write standing up at his mantelpiece, yelling and occasionally pounding <laughs> the wall. <laughs> and then, Stopping to write out what he'd That's done, excellent. and then he'd yell and pound a little bit more. Conan, what is best in life? <laughs> um, I, no, I, I'm sort of you know a lot colder than that. I just mm. sit in front of the the screen, the two screens you see there linked together. One of them showing the document, and the other one linked into NetBank with the proceeds of all my latest royalties and advances. <laughs> 
ticking over. Running up every couple of minutes <laughs> to keep me at the keyboard coldly dictating my next hyper-violent action scene. That's a very terrifying visual of you just sitting there slowly, methodically, in monotone, word by word, yeah. explaining the blood dripped gently. Yeah, there's a bit too much feeling in that. Yeah. The blood dripped harshly from the open separating wound. Period. I'm gonna, like a, I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna buy one of your books on um, online, like on Kindle or something, and then I'm going to I'm gonna go look for that sentence I've decided. See if you've written it in this. In fact, you, if they've turned it on, if they have the text to speech function on the Kindle versions of my books, that is almost the perfect way to speak to a dictation program. So, <laughs> I just imagine like a, a camera focused on that moment, and then just panning around and seeing like a shivering 18-year-old girl in the corner, <laughs> and it just cuts back quite casually. And we never mention yeah. it again. Mac, Mac speak. <laughs> girl not included. <laughs> you have to capture your own girl. It puts the lotion on its skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay, so we jumped ahead slightly. We jumped to dictation software, but... Oh, look, it's good. It, it's science fiction good. It's People get upset because it occasionally mistranscribes words. Like, I use the word shit a lot. I like oh. the word as it rolls out of my mouth. I like it coming up on the screen, so I like to say it a lot. Shit, shit. Shit, shit, shit. And for some reason, Max Speech Dictate insists on transcribing it as sheet. Sheet, 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 sheet. Which is odd, because it's quite happy to transcribe f***. Is it, is it, um, is it, is it the accent? Is it the Australian accent confuses it? No, I don't know. It has a little subroutine where it recognises Australian oh, accents. okay. Hmm. It's one of the 13 accents it's been programmed have you t- to. Have you tested it to its limits? Have you gone all Kath and Kim on it to see just how far <laughs> it goes? No, but I probably should as soon as you leave. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. With the, um, no, brain just off. Damn it, lost the brain. I can actually hear it grinding. Yeah, it, it, that happens a lot. If you, if, 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 ever listen, rusty. if you ever listen to the podcast, Dan asks me questions and, and you can actually hear steam and kind of horror and, and what normally happens is Dan asks a question and we'll keep talking I'm like oh and I'll go here's the answer but it's a minute late and then he edits me in to you know, he could edit me to make me sound great but he just leaves it for a minute that terrible minute of silence that's why our podcast about an hour long Shock you know what you need you, you need the sound effect of a tumbleweed rolling <laughs> through the blimp <laughs> at that point that'll do <laughs> that's what I'm here for what sound does a tumbleweed make just a... that's wind just punch a shopping bag. That sounds just like a that. That's foley. That is. <laughs> you probably have to do something weird, like cut a sausage in half, because you know it wouldn't sound. You wouldn't think the sound is like uh, murdering someone is like punching a cabbage. So you go, oh, okay. So anyway, we're a little bit off track again. We're talking about sound effects. John's, looking, author. Out, John's looking at that window, going, no, I'm to "Oh my god!" I'm thinking bromides. They weren't bromides, but they were like bromides. They were something else. No, they were bromides. It's, I think it's called, uh, Brent's thinking, something type, ligotype, lanotype, mm. something like that. That's the machine. Bromide, bromide I think. camera. Hmm? Is it bromide camera? Bromide Some camera. old hippie will be shaking his fist at the screen. Like, no. <laughs> Trust us on our podcast. We have lots of people listening who just go, you God, no! <laughs> you just say crap! Because we always sort of, we have um, what's called the walk of shame at the start of each episode where we go, you know that we said that thing in the last episode? Hey, that's really wrong. <laughs> and here's the truth. And what's even better is that we can then have a walk of shame on the walk of shame. So the next one, you're like, remember two months ago when we did the walk of shame? Well, I was wrong when I apologized for it. Like, oh, it's in the to stop. Recursive idiocy. It is. It gets out of control. <laughs> the best Amazon review I ever saw of a Michael Crichton novel was three words. Please. 
stop now. <laughs> he gets mentioned a lot in the And he did. He did. That's right. We got him <laughs> in the end. <laughs> we got him in the end. We absolutely got him. Poor Michael Crichton. You love Michael Crichton, don't you, Dan? Yeah, I love writing, reading his books. Yeah. I love writing his books. Yes. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. The secret's out. Well, I don't know. There was a secret. He actually did have a big basement full of trained monkeys. To... <laughs> He used oh, to, I'm, assuming, uh, I'm assuming Velociraptors just like clever. Chapter three, clever girl, smart enough to open doors, put lock on doors, smart enough to use even Max B dictation software. It was the blurst of times. Stupid monkeys. Okay, we've got the obligatory Simpson quote in. All right, we're doing okay. Tick that one off. Tick, tick. Now I imagine that there's other other types of tech for organising how you write. Because novels, if I went to write a novel, I would probably just start typing until I ran out of words. But then there's which chapters... Be, which would be 12 words in, let's face it. And there's narrative arcs. And, oh, <laughs> it took me a long time to Thank you. listen to what you Thank saying. you. It was a bad joke that you didn't get. Um, but I know that there's all sorts of programs out there for organising your writing. There are, and I don't use them because they're shit. Oh, oh. right. <laughs> Sorry, just, they're just crap. They're just just tech for you then? Yeah, it's, in fact, I've, got, I've gone. Well, it's not old school because it's a very new program, but just the other day. He's going for a gun. Picked it up on the recommendation of my brother in law. Let's see if we can bring it up here. I love this sucker. It's just fantastic. Here John it comes. Birmingham is skimming his finger delicately over a Mac smart pad. It's beautiful. Ooh. Just have a listen. That's the sound of thousands of dollars pouring. My corporate accounts have royalty time. <laughs> so what you just—that <laughs> was a, what you just activated there has made the entire Mac screen go white, except mm. for some trees in the background as ghostly you know, trees, techno frogs. Uh, just the writing on screen, so everything else has left the screen, like the dock and such. Mm. So there's only the writing that you're focusing on. That's right. And, and the, there the, are sound effects to make it more restful for you to write. But what's really right. weird is on the screen, it's things like, his head exploded like an organic volcano. <laughs> his arm exploded onto the wall. <laughs> you know, that release I made you sign before you came in here, that means I get that phrase, organic ah! volcano. So, yeah, look, nice white screen, and the beauty of this is that you can't click out of it. You can't go, what's happening at Twitter? Oh. Yeah, to, <laughs> How do you to get out of it, you need to actually shut the f*** down and admit your shameful, humiliating defeat. Oh, wow, and, that is clever. Yeah. But if you, but if it was a PC, shutting it down would be like a 10-minute process, and a 10-minute boot-up, and then you, then you wouldn't bother. But a Mac, you just, didn't, you just press a button, and it shuts down, and it shuts itself, you know, isn't it magic? Yes, but, you know, then the document's gone away, and you have failed. You have failed utterly. Right. And, and does, it, does it not save the document? It's time to teach. Hey! <laughs> That's what I am. That's what I'm trained as. <laughs> God damn it. I shouldn't laugh at my own jokes. It <laughs> undermines my aura of evil. It's very difficult not to laugh at Greg. Hey, I'm a physics teacher. That's what I do. Hey, I just something. You started this interview off in the hope that you could get some sort of sensational piece of information about his new book. Yes. It's right there. It's right, it'll be right it's up on screen. It's right on he screen. He can't shut it That's down. Answer. He can't stop both of us staring at it. <laughs> But you can't move away from the mic because I would then seize control of the interview. Spencer House and Stone. <laughs> it, it's not that hard. It really it's like taking a ball from children. I mean it's not we're 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 pretty awful, honestly, you know. Yeah. Spencer was like the big kid just holding the yes, show right. above us, going, Here you go, oh, oh no, here you go, oh no. Oh you thought you did it well. Oh, isn't that cute? So uh, have you committed to this new software? What's the software called? 
Om writer. Om writer. Om writer. There you go. All right, we'll have to have a link to that. Because, you know, Apple needs the money. <laughs> is it Apple? Is it Apple? No, I think it's just some guy somewhere. Mm. It's so clever. And yet, for all of your talking about how wonderful Apples are and how we must all adhere to the way that Steve jo- Jobs... My master Steve Jobs. Jo- <laughs> you get to say it all together. That's my master, master Steve Jobs. Oh, yeah. uh, this program... Say is it, or I'm not jo- answering another question. My master Steve Jobs. Uh, my master Steve Jobs... <laughs> This interview is over. <laughs> I'm not with the house full of Macintoshes. It's true. You're the guy. Macintoshes? No one calls Macintoshes. Mac- I have some spare. Codes. You can pick them up on the way out if you want. <laughs> uh, they're seven years old, but they're still better than your state-of-the-art PC. <laughs> and yet, this... I just, so I just image of us with a cart, like, Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, for your scrap Macs. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's like one big ad. <laughs> it's just, it's like, we, we don't get paid, but we get this... It's like the biggest ad we've ever done. And not actually for any of John Birmingham's books. No, well, no, no. It's a, well, yeah, we mentioned them. Book three, especially. I'm very excited oh, by yeah. book three. Whew. What a, now that I've seen a line yeah. of it. <laughs> you can just read it out. I can! Can we read out a line? Would you mind? Would you, let, let me, me, let let me, me find your line. Can, okay, I'll find you a line. No, 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 no. Yeah, I've taken back control of this. Oh, Let's see. Where are we? Because I want to read a line from... Is this, is, is this book three? Yeah, it is. Cool. It is. That's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. That's very exciting. You know who was really, really excited? You made her day. Girl Clumsy. Girl Clumsy was reading After America. Reading, 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 reading. And suddenly Captain Behensky turns up in the book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was two in the morning and Girl Clumsy just went berserk. (laughs) Look, look, look. It could be any Behensky. She's like, don't take this away from me. (laughs) It wasn't like Nathan Behensky. It was. It was something else. The good thing is that it uh, could just be random. Though. If I if this if this podcast come together really like if mm. I edit oh, it, do yeah. a really good job, yeah. there might be a Dan Beeston showing up in the next one. That's right. Getting his ass oh. shot to pieces. <laughs> Dan Beeston thought he knew how to fight, but he died thirty seconds later when his gun exploded in his hands. His head exploded <laughs> like in a volcano. Like <laughs> organic volcano, <laughs> which is weird because he was shot in the leg. <laughs> He's just so horrified that he's... But he's shot the leg. Look, boom. I'd like to point out, though, I, mean, I do enjoy your books, John. I really do. So I don't want to make... Everyone who doesn't know you is probably going, who is this lunatic who writes this torture porn? It's... These are... These are these, it, it isn't all about people exploding, is it, John? I mean, it, it, you write a bit more than he died or she died. I mean, it, it is a lot of involved stories. I mean, the wave... I mean, you, you're not known. We'll get back to this, but just something to think about. I don't... I didn't count you as a science fiction writer, but the wave is one of the best ideas where they have Basically, all organic life or all higher vertebrate light just turns into, into goo. Yeah. In effect, it nearly wipes out a quarter of the planet. What's your name? Torture porn. What is wrong with you, Birmingham? <laughs> Jesus. Go and read <laughs> that paragraph I've highlighted. Oh, hang on, that's my best voice. What, do I do it? I'm doing it. No, so you do it. Okay. Get the right voice, though. Yes. I, oh, God, I can't. He squinted into the fierce Antipodean sun as he left behind the cover of the wide veranda awning that shaded the front of the pub. He searched his shirt pockets for the pair of cheap sunglasses he'd left the boat with this morning, but seemed to have lost them. See, I, I really like that, because it's, it's a completely banal piece of writing. <laughs> but it's, uh... Why do you give with one hand and take with the other? There's a spoiler. And then Miguel there. died for no apparent reason. <laughs> his head exploded like an organic volcano. <laughs> Thank you. That's very exciting. That was a, an in, a, a excerpt from book three. That's brilliant. <laughs> it's a smart enough to know better coup. And there's a spoiler. That's that's a spoiler. There is a spoiler. He lost his sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, if it, you paid more attention in school, you'd know what that spoiler was. Oh, I didn't pay any attention in school. Yeah. We, we, it's recorded. You can go oh, back. Oh, it's and as in the Australian Sun. 
Antipodean sun. <laughs> no? That's not a spoiler. Antipodean. Antipodean. Ant- no, 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 we can work this out. Podium <laughs> means feet. Anti. No, no feet. There's no feet. Where are the antipodes, you idiots? It's us. I'm in Australia. I have feet. Oh, you don't. Why am I. He's laughing at both of us, but I'm going to say he's laughing at no, you. I'm laughing at the image of you standing in front of a class full of young minds. Struggling <laughs> to figure out what the spoiler was. That's right. You just, well, you know, you, 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 you put the line in the water, we will bite. I mean, that's what we do. I mean, we're, not, we're not. Yes, that's your spoiler. That's, oh, that's very cool. That's right. That's very exciting. We could probably wrap it up on that. <laughs> we probably should. For the listeners at the moment, you should race out immediately and purchase one of the weapons of choice, or I prefer, I'm just saying, my preference, I actually really like the After America and Without Warning, the, the Wave series, so go out and purchase both of those and keep looking for book three where someone loses their sunglasses somewhere in Australia. There you go. And that's not, look, that's not a plot line. That's just, that could be the plot line. That could be brilliant. <laughs> Mr. John Birmingham, thank you very much for your time. Get out. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Dan! Have you made a New Year's resolution? I have. I've made a resolution to put on a whole heap of weight and then lose it again. Some people around me don't feel so bad that I'm skinny. I've come up with something clever. My resolution is to make resolutions about making resolutions. No, about no, making resolutions. No, you're, about you're making resolutions. About making no, resolutions. Stop smoking. Loosen weight. He died like he lived, an affront to causality. Beeston. That's me. I have called you here to this part of the podcast to challenge you. There's a lot of build-up here. To challenge you. Like, I'm, I'm pretty far ahead. To the competition. Oh, fine, tell them. But anyway, you are three points to my two points. And for those new listeners, we decided when we created this podcast that we would challenge each other each time to explain something in the natural universe. And if we get it totally wrong, of course, we get minus one point. If we get it kind of okay, Mm -hmm. you get zero points. Zero points. If you explain it perfectly, you get... One point. That's what I'm aiming for. So Dan Beeston is at three points. Yeah, after I am, three challenges. I know. I, it's, it's just not on. I am at two points. After, after four. After four challenges. Yes, yes. Rub it in. The loser, Dan, will have... <laughs> Dan... The loser, I shouldn't say You that. are going to make such humble, a comeback. Humble pie. I'm going to be eating humble pie. The loser has to wear a superhero costume, go down to a crowded thoroughfare, and... A spouse? A, yes. Is it, a yell. spouse science. <laughs> to, to the crowd as if you were some sort of biblical uh, prophet. Yes. You'll be doing good. Yes. That is to say, you will be doing... 
good. <laughs> and I will be watching. I, I would make a cocky comeback, but I am losing quite badly uh, at the moment. Although, if I get net minus one point in this one, we'll have both got two out of four. Yes. So it's anyone's Again. game. That's why we had the negative one point put in there. It can go backwards. So, Dan Beeston. John. I want to give you a little description of this one. So it has to be set in a certain area. Yes. You are in a large deserty area, a wide open space. A deserty area. But there is a, a one room that's three meters by three meters, nine feet by nine feet for our American friends. It is a bare room with a, just a with a roof, the whole box of dice. There is one standard size door leading outside, but there is no door. It's just a, a doorway. A doorway. Doorway between you and the outside world. You are standing in the center of that room. Suddenly, you hear your name being called from outside. So someone is standing out of view from yes. around the doorway. Explain to me why you can hear that person, but you cannot see that person. Uh, uh, ooh. Okay, so what are, what are the walls of this room made out of? I will say they're brick. You're in a little brick room. Is, can sound travel through the through the wall? Is what I'm saying. No. So there's there, there is a you're you're in a, you're in a technically a soundproof room. Yes, it's a soundproof yes. room. I will say there are egg cartons on the okay. walls. Okay, cool. <laughs> egg cartons all over the walls. Yes. Okay, so someone outside mm-hmm. is creating a sound. So there's sound waves. They're speaking. So somewhere out of your your view. Out of my view. Somewhere close enough though. Yep. But you don't know where they are. But you yes. can hear their voice. Why can't you see them? I, I will close this down a bit more. That person is quite close to the door. Yes. So they're not like at the back of the building or something like that. They they close. They're like a foot. So basically, t- the question is, how does sound go around corners? And but why? No, no. The question is, why but, can oh. you? The question is, Dan Beeston, why can you hear your name being called, but you can't see the person calling it, even though he's quite close to the door? Am I psychic? I don't know, Dan. Are you psychic? <laughs> Hang on, let me check his wrist. Any power bands on his wrist? No, that no. That just you're... balances your energies. No, well, and, and, yes. Yes, that's true. Sorry, I'm so incorrect. Your crazy fictional <laughs> energies. <laughs> fields. I love fields. Anytime anyone goes, it aligns with your field. What does that mean? <laughs> and how does one hologram, does every human being have the same field? Anyway. Explain, Dan. Okay, well, sound is propagated by the movement of air, generally, or any sort of medium. And so if there was someone who I could see through the door and they spoke, then the air would sort of jostle and bump in a pat. Oh, gosh, how do I explain this? Well, a whole bunch of sound waves. Mm -hmm. A a bunch of waves. So the air doesn't sort of fly at me. It sort of bumps towards me and bumps the next bit of air, bumps the next bit of air, bumps the next bit of air, and eventually the air goes into my ears and bumps the eardrum. So that's how that works. Now, if he was just outside the door, it'd come through the door and the sound would bounce off the inside wall and hit my ear. But that's not what you're asking. No, these, the, the walls are soundproof. Said that they oh, absorb so they the sound. baffle it as well. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, yes. They, they, yeah, that, just, just to make sure that we're not talking about reflection from okay. reflections no of ref- yeah. re- reflection off the walls. Yes, yes. The sound is not going to be bouncing off these walls. Once it gets inside, it has to come to you directly from that doorway. And light as well. It could be that the sound waves are bouncing off the medium itself, so it bounces off the thick air, while most of the sound goes 
away from the doorway, some of the sound hits the air and radiates outwards from the medium, and so you hear sort of the vague echo or reflection of that sound wave. That seems to make some sense to me. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like you're looking for something very speci- uh, specific. I, I, there, is, there is something. There is, but also, you only talk about sound. Why not? No, no, okay, that's, I, look, I, I think what you're saying is interesting. I'm not going to say whether I think it's right or wrong. I don't think it's no. important. It's, I think you've made an interesting point. But you've only talked about half, one tiny bit of the question. Oh, well, wait. So the question is, how can I hear my name? No, no. Why can you hear your name, but you can't see the person calling? But I so can't the, see the, the question is two. The, the, oh. the question is two parts. Why does the sound make it to your ear, but the, but the light, light from the doesn't. person doesn't make it to your eye? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, because oh no, yeah. So sound. <laughs> so sound waves are quite small wavelengths, and so they're bouncing off other air, and mm-hmm. that's why I can hear it. So it sort of bounces. Okay, that's called a compression wave, yes. Compression wave. So sound is yes. a compression wave. Yeah. So it, as you said, it pushes up against the one, and yeah. then it pushes... It's not actually... The air is not actually moving towards you. No. It's just the air vibrating back and forth, and the energy from the voice, ah, is, it moves. The wave moves along. I know. I know why it is. Oh, yep. Yeah, because sound waves uh, don't travel in a straight line. They... Uh, yeah, because it's compression... At every point along their journey, mm-hmm. they're radiating outwards, whereas light does travel in a straight line. So even though it radiates from a single point in a direction and it needs to hit something to bounce off. It's, okay, so, so if I switch on... That means if I switch on the lamp in this room... Should I do right now? Click. I just switch on the light in the room. Yep. That means that the light only shines in a very set direction or has it illuminated the entire room? So there is a, an element in the light bulb that is radiating outwards. So it's radiating in every direction. Mm-hmm. But those light rays uh, are going to c- continue until they hit a surface. Now, they don't bounce off the air. So no. air is invisible. So they don't bounce off the air unless mm-hmm. there's moisture in the air or I'm not sure how mirages work or heat hazes, but, but light can bounce off the air. And so I could be inside the room and see who's outside the room, even though they're not in my direct line of sight, mm. because of the air. Oh, I think it's the temperature of the air changing and reflecting the light, mm-hmm. like so. But it's only going to reflect when it hits a surface and it's going to bounce off. And then from that point, it's going to radiate to some extent, depending on what the surface is. But it's not... What did we say that the air was? The... Uh, that it compression compress- wave. It's not a compression wave. Mm. It's a, a it's transverse a, it's wave. A, yes. So there you go. That's my answer. Wait, hang on. You've got a smirk. You've got, <laughs> hang on. No, I, no, 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 uh, no. no I, I'm just intrigued. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not smirking. Uh, I just my natural face. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to give you some help. I'm a nice person yeah. that's why you're ahead. Remember last time when I had to talk about double rainbows and there was lots of talk about reflection and refraction? Yes. You should probably use words in that way. Because uh, <laughs> right. we're talking about light. Remember light? We talk, you haven't really said much about light. Okay, you talk about how light moves in straight lines. Light can actually curve, of course. Light but yeah. um, around heavy, uh, massive objects and things, but we're not mm. really discussing that. It doesn't need a medium. You're right there, of course. Light is its own medium. The electromagnetic wave propagates is along it? itself. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, that's how it goes through space. Yeah. Radi- radiation goes through space as mm. it, on itself. It doesn't need an ether. It can just uh, where sound does. You can't. No one yeah. in, in space. No one can hear you scream, but they can see you flash a light. SOS. You know. Yes. I'm, I am being eaten by an alien. Out. It really, really hurts. 
that's a, you know, we probably should spend that time bashing the alien. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so bring a larger torch. <laughs> Battery's dying quickly. Uh, ow, ow, leg is gone. Uh, <laughs> uses me too much. So you probably should maybe to try and even get zero points. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Think about another versions of uh, light. You haven't really discussed the light thing at all yet, really. Beyond You're looking it. for a very specific answer. I'm intrigued. I, you've, you've also missed something important, which is the doorway. I mentioned the doorway quite specifically. That's why I put a doorway. That's why you're not standing out in the middle of nowhere. You're standing looking at a doorway. It's not just a man behind a tree. I'm getting lost. <laughs> <laughs> so... You want to know why I can hear him, why I can't, can't see, him. see him. I quite like the Mirage thing. That's quite an interesting... You've kind of gone in an interesting way there, other than bouncing the light back. But light does more than just... That's a reflection. Yeah. You've discussed a reflection. How you could Is it a reflection or a refraction? No, no, reflection. It's reflecting off something. Refraction is when the light, when it goes into a, a denser or less dense medium, changes direction. But that's what I mean, because a mirage is when there's a certain pocket of air that's hotter and thus oh, okay, good more point. dense than oh, cold oh, okay. air. So therefore, uh, hot air would be, would be less dense. Cold air, cold air is, is um, more dense. Yeah, Denser cold yeah, air right. on the, close to the ground, yeah. Yeah, that's what you mean. So the light refracts into the new medium, yeah. the index of refraction. Yes, good point. Sorry, yeah, so refracts. So you talk extra about, credit! <laughs> <laughs> no more extra credit for you. That's what's got you to this point. So refracts. But there's something else going on as well. There's something else going on with the light. Uh, something that the light isn't doing through the door that the sound is doing through the door. And I'm just giving it too much information now. I am now storm. Okay. The light is doing something through the door. The no, no, the sound is doing something the through the door. Going, doing something through the door. The light is not doing something through the door. Um, Poor Dan. He's gone to sleep. I've actually shut down his eye motor functions, and he's just... It's like when you take a, a lizard and you rub its belly, or a chicken, and you rub the top of its beak, and they just go... It's wonderful to watch. Oh, look at him. See, I feel like I've explained what I need to explain with the compression then and the declare lighting. it over. So why are you... What... So, but obviously, obviously you're looking for something else. Yeah. And it, it, possibly this thing is something I've never heard of in my life. Maybe. There's something, there's something specifically that there's another thing it reflects it refracts and light and sound also listeners what else does it do you know what i don't know what you're after <laughs> i don't know what you're after i have answered this question perfectly light is a what thingy wave transverse wave, Trans transverse wave mm -hmm. and sound self, self is a compression, compression wave mm -hmm. and so sound can go around corners right to wikipedia good so, and we're back from Wikipedia. Apparently, <laughs> Greg has made up a part of science <laughs> that I've never heard about before <laughs> in my life. We're learning. Learning is good. So, if sound hits, gets to the door, because it's got such a, a large wavelength, yes, then... That and we're basing on on the average human voice here, so the wavelength yeah. would be roughly one and a half meters or a bit more. There so you know. that's that's averages, and people can yell and scream. But we're talking rough areas here, within you know. Yeah. So it pushes its way through the door, and and then radiates from that point. But light doesn't. Hang on, and what's that called? Re re uh, Reflection, re refraction. Diffraction. Diffraction. That's the one. Diffraction. It, it diffracts through the door because the wavelength of the sound is comparable in size. Actually, well, in this case, it's actually bigger than the 
the width of the door. Therefore, it can diffract through that door, and it does diffract through that door. Yep. But, but light has too is too small. The wavelength is far too small. What's the wavelength of light, roughly? Tiny. Tiny. Absolutely tiny. Like, like <laughs> how the tiny? Length of a, the the width of a fingernail nail or something. It's <laughs> just tiny. It's <laughs> much smaller than that. It's, it's it's like a free a, a fleas bracelet. It's a, visible light is a, about four hundred and fifty nanometers. That's one by ten to the negative nine. Yes, negative nine up to about seven fifty. Not exactly right, but it's roughly that. That's visible light. It's super tiny. It's very small. I think one what that what that is is zero point then eight zeros and then a, a one meters. Yeah, that's that's tiny. That's very tiny. that's really small. Yeah, yeah. So it gets up to the door, uh, but. It, uh, I really still don't understand. So it kind of banks. It, it does. It doesn't bank up and force. <laughs> it doesn't diffract through the door. It doesn't diffract through the door. Is it because I don't know what that means? No, no, because still. no, because because we're trying to explain it. Because well, you understand the sound reason why the sounds but weird. If there was a tiny little hole yes. in the room, then the light would hit the hole, but it would. Then diffract through it. If there was a tiny, if they're saying in that same room, and it would radiate out from that. Yes, point. it would diffract. If you had a tiny hole instead of the doorway, which is massive compared to light, one one point two meters compared to one by ten to the negative nine meters, it's tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny. If you then had a tiny, tiny, tiny pinprick of a hole, yep. the light could, and that's what that's what these diffraction grates actually do. They have thirty thousand uh, cuts in them over a, one inch. The tiny things in size, like mm-hmm. then the light can and does diffract, it does bend if you want to put it that way, through the hole and it radiates in all directions from the hole. Yep. So <laughs> I'm sorry Dan so, <laughs> I hurt Dan's head. And, 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 and this is the thing that really messes with me mm. if you make the wavelength of the sound really really small, we wouldn't be able to hear it, dogs wouldn't be able to hear it bats wouldn't be able to hear it, but there were, if there was still a sound wave that was that small and you had a detection method to pick it up you could get go around the corner from it, and you wouldn't be able to detect it. That's right. And that think about what the use of that is. Just think for a second. That means if you're in a like think about a boat doing its thing about the ocean. You fire a sound pulse straight down. You don't want it to diffract around things. You want it to bounce off like light. So you make it very, very, very small wavelength and you fire it down and there's a submarine beneath you that you want to destroy. So you get a perfect reflection that something 100 metres long or sitting beneath you at so many metres. If it diffracted around, it was like, oh, I just yelled at the submarine down there. You get reflection, but it would be this weird, it would diffract around the ends of it and you just get this weird muddy kind of picture. Like we talked before about muddying the picture. So it's very useful to have very, very small wavelengths of sound because then it can actually get a very clear picture of what you're looking at. So the, uh, the, the correct answer to this question is the reason that I can hear my name when someone says it outside the door is because they're not saying it uh, at such a high-pitched <laughs> noise that it's not diffract- di- diffracting. diffracting through the door. What? That's ridiculous! <laughs> I hate this game. <laughs> I think, though, uh, once again, this is because I'm a nice person. I'm going to give you zero points. 
Not even, yeah. No, 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 because, because and, and also, not just being a nice person, you did hit on, I like the way your brain worked when you're doing it. For someone who, I didn't know he had no idea. So for someone who's never heard of the art, even knew about diffraction, what it was, yeah. you really started to describe like sound, and you really described very well the bending of light through, like, like hitting each point and then, and then radiating out from that point. Now, you didn't know that was diffraction, but you pretty much described diffraction at its base form. <laughs> I pretty much de- described it in its base form, and I still only get zero? Yes. This game is rigged! <laughs> because you didn't answer the question, but you're the light, and the, the important thing is the wavelength of the light compared to the width of the gap. Didn't, you didn't compare those two at all. Well, the, the only good news is that I'm learning. But if you don't agree with Greg, <laughs> feel free to put together a little dossier and send it in. And maybe your old friend Ben will get another point. And, of course, before everyone writes in and yells and screams, of course there's reflections off walls and of, of, of sound. And, and, of course, the light is reflecting around. We're not discussing that. That wasn't what I was getting at in this. I was talking about why sound seems to bend through a gap and light doesn't seem to bend through that gap. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. All right. But please, we are ignorant yeah. and we admit to that. So please get in contact to us at Dan at smartenough.org Or Greg at smartenough.org And yell and scream at us Or go into the forums So, how's the new smart enough to know about a baseball team going? Good, very good indeed. I've never been a coach before. Look, Dan, if you're the coach, you must know all the players. I certainly do. Well, you know I've never met the guys. You have to tell me their names, and then I'll know who's playing on the team. Sure thing. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find out. I say who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Are you the manager? Yes. You're going to be the coach too? Yes. You don't know the fellow's names? Well, I should. Then who's on first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name. What? The fellow on first base. Our first baseman is actually a woman. Who? That's right. What's right? No, what's on second base? The full name of the baseman are... Sheng Shuang Wu. And James Watt. Madam Wu, the physicist from the Manhattan Project. The one and the same. And James Watt, the father of the modern steam engine. Died 1819. It's quite a coup. So Wu's on first, and Watt's on second. Doesn't that get confusing? Oh, because of the names. Uh, no, because they're not baseball players. You should see them pitch. So you can tell me the name of the third baseman. I don't know. Is that his name, Mr. I Don't Know? No, I just always forget. I've never heard of him in my life, and I keep forgetting the name. Hold on, I've got it written down here. Apparently it's someone called Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla? The inventor? Yeah, I've never heard of him before. Curse you, Thomas Edison! All right, walk of shame. Oh, uh, walk of shame. You weren't sure about the amount of presidential assassination attempts. Yes, I said four, I think. Four? Was I right? Uh, there were four killed. Four killed. And <gasps> an additional four attempts. Wow, that's a lot. That is quite a lot. That's a lot of people to get shot at. You mm. did not like your uh, elected leaders. No, no, that's fine. So stop electing them. So, <laughs> so, or, or start voting. Either way. Because they're different to us. We have to vote in Australia. We, you have to vote. If you don't vote, you're going to find. Because everyone should be part of the democratic process. And I agree with that. I really, you should vote. And if you don't vote, then you should just shut the hell up about other people doing things. You can't sit back and go, I don't vote because everyone's an idiot. Yeah, well, shut up because you, you can change it. You can make a difference. But if you, if you don't like your presidents, don't shoot them in the head. Uh, vote them out. Yep. <laughs> Am I naive? Well, that, yeah, probably. <laughs> Now, last time I was talking about the possibility of transparent aluminium. And you went, oh, you're going to have to do a walk of shame for this, Dan. And you can probably tell by that grin on my face that there is transparent aluminium. Really? Uh, Yes, there is. is But is there transparent aluminium? That's the the Star Trek one. (laughs) (laughs) But it 
It's really, really very it's, interesting. It actually exists. It actually exists. Not for very long. <laughs> Not for, oh, I see. for an extremely <laughs> short amount of time. Before it's stolen by Scotty from the future. Uh, it, <laughs> what happens is you've got to bombard a particle right. of aluminium yes. with enough wow. energy to run a city for a couple <laughs> of hours. <laughs> And you knock out some component part of the particle, <laughs> and it becomes transparent. But it's still aluminium. It, it's still aluminium. Right. It still maintains its structure. Yes. But it is transparent for the very That's shortest cool. amount of time. Then I stand corrected. So if you've got a buttload of energy, you can make <laughs> aluminium clear. And just to tying it back into our competition, we should probably have. We'll discuss maybe if we get when we get some entries, we could probably have a prize or something for our winner. Yeah. The best Australian accent for, from an outsider's point of view. From outsiders who are any listening, aluminium. That's a good way of doing an Australian accent. Aluminium, not aluminium. So you can use a word. There's a real word that most people wouldn't know. You see. So when they put their entry in, should they also add on to the end? Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. They certainly should. If you want to be heard, well done, Dan Beeston. Well done. If you want to be heard. At the start of the podcast, that we always have someone saying it, then if you want to be that person, we will put you at the start. You just have to say, Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Make sure you get it in that order, because if you say Dan Beeston and Gregoire are, mm. then it sounds that ridiculous. sounds weird. I have a ridiculous name. You sound like a pirate. Rawr. Or a I drunk. I don't, I don't, you know. Dan what? Beeston and Gregoire <laughs> are. <laughs> Is that it for the walk of shame? That's it for the walk we of shame. We are getting better. Yeah. High five! Yeah. There was something about the heliopause. <laughs> Not the f- that no! shit. I don't want to go into that. I need a month <laughs> off from that ridiculous topic. <laughs> it's a big, messy topic. We, oh. we admit... Is it Roddy Land again? Is our friend Roddy Land? No, it's me. I found something. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> look, look, can, can we just agree that it's a big, messy area? All right? Oh, please. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, and don't even start me on the Oort cloud... Welcome to Smart Enough to Know History. I'm your host, Trinity Fair. Today we're taking a look back to see what made January 16 so memorable. On this day in 1909, Ernest Shackleton and his exploration team, on assignment in Antarctica, discovered the magnetic pole. His name was Lech Kaczynski, and he had Ernest unshackled from his pants within minutes. It was on this day in 550 that the Goths, led by King Totila, conquered the city of Rome after a long siege. On this day in 1547, Ivan IV became the new Russian Tsar, better known to us as Ivan the Terrible. Historians compare him poorly against Alexander the Great, Catherine the Great, and Peter the Great, but do say he ranks better than Nicholas the Goat That's smart enough to know history for January 16th. 
At the end of every episode of Smart Enough to Know Better, we like to have a song, something connected to science or scepticism or, or something interesting in that vein. And this is sent in by a listener, Steve13, on the forum actually, gave us this one. So hello, Steve. That sounds like a DJ name. It does, Steve13. Oh, Steve13 on the forum! <laughs> ooh, ooh, raise the roof. That's, no, these are the accents that we're asking people to send in. That was Dan's. What was that? That was um no, just um. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's culturally specific. Oh okay, it's just douche. It's <laughs> gen- generic, generic, generic douche. douche. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh terrible. And we just lost our very very popular hipster demographic. <laughs> <laughs> They're listening to a podcast that you've never heard of. Oh, no, it is our podcast. I know! <laughs> you haven't heard of it, because no one ever will. Oh. Okay, no, this, uh, this is uh, very exciting when I realised who it was, when it was sent in to us. Cause of course, uh, they're called Regurgitator, and not only are they an Australian... The Gurge. The Gurge. Not only are they an Australian band, they started in Brisbane. So they're, they're, they're oh, yeah. hometown boys. And to the point, my ridiculous, crappy brush with fame, yeah. I was going to work, I was a librarian at that point, and I was going to a new library in Ashgrove and I, I don't want to give that away but it, whatever it was Ashgrove and I got off the bus and I was Ashgrove wa- Loving go there and find out where Gregoire used to work <laughs> <That's right>. uh, <laughs> and ask Tour about of the stars ask about him and they'll say terrible terrible things but I was walking through a park and going towards my new pl- workplace and there's a man walking towards me through the park and my brain did that thing of bing you know this human like this human and you you know this human but it was also saying but we don't know where we know this human this happens to me quite a bit with my I have a crappy memory but, but not for faces normal, oh. yeah. so I was getting getting the you, you know this guy you you know this guy and, and, I was, and so you keep kind of looking at him going running through the list of oh, where do I know this guy from and suddenly when he was about a foot away it clicked I don't actually know him I just saw him on, on music videos it, it was Quan from, yeah. from the Gurge Regurgitator some people kind of go oh like Dan, you love you love to be gushing. I, You're I, a gusher from way back. I gush mm. because there was a time where I was meeting. Oh, oh this story people. again. A time where I was meeting popular people, and I was and I wanted to be cool, and I wanted to be like not that guy. But you know what? I am that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy who runs up and goes, "Oh my god, I love the stuff you do." Because you know what? If you came up to me and said, "Oh my god, I love the stuff you do," I would be delighted, and I would hope never to see you again. <laughs> Don't stalk me, just be... That's right, there you go. So, as, as I walked towards uh, Quan, uh, he, he looked up and he suddenly realised I'd been staring at him for an uncomfortably long period of time, which is probably gets a lot, being yeah. a major rock star. And I just nodded. I did the two-inch inclination of the head, yeah. and he did it back. We nodded at each other, and we went past, and I didn't, didn't do anything, and I went, that's enough for me. He, he's obviously gone. He's probably going, please don't kill me, or please stop staring me in the eye, you crazy bastard. But he just gave me a polite nod, and I think it was, I know you know who I am. I took yeah. it as, and, and also, I'm going to read into it, thank you for not slobbering all over me like Dan Beeston would. And I was yeah. like, no problem. Or maybe he walked past and went... That guy was just nice to me in the park by nodding to me. God, I wish I had more fans. Oh, okay. But anyway, to make it up, yeah. <laughs> make it up. This was sent in uh, by Steve Thirteen, and uh, it's called "Just Another Beautiful Story," and it's quite good for the whole science, ignorance, skeptical thing.
been set right. <laughs> that was a song that was very much about nothing existing other than everything that we can see. Yes. And evidence yes. stuff. Yes, yes. But it was still a really good song and it, it showed right. how impassioned you can be and how much joy you can find. So it's a love song. Yeah. I don't mind there's no God and, and it's all there is as long as I, you're here with me. You? Nice. Oh, is there someone else? Just holding your hand. Oh. I'm, there, hold on. I'm okay if I'm holding your hand. Oh, that's quite nice. Yeah. Oh, then that's not... A... But I like the bit... <laughs> Dad hates love. Too cynical. <laughs> no, but, and, and what I really like is it's very Beatles. It's very, yeah. very Beatles. It's got that feel. I mean, you, you can. That's the. That would have to have been a uh, Beatles inspired. Track. Yes, definitely. Especially the. It's kind of. <laughs> that would have to. But you look at it. You can't get around around that. I uh, do like the Gurch. Yeah, they're very, really very pick good. Up some of their old albums. Everyone should race out and purchase the Gurge, especially our American listeners. You'll love the Gurge. They they did they did try to make it big in America, and I don't know how well that went. I think they're there. I think they're there, but they're but they're more they're much more popular in Australia. Yeah, but they should be worldwide. You should get in contact with Smart Enough to Know Better. Yes, at Greg at smartenough.org or Dan at smartenough.org. You could follow us on Twitter. You can yeah. at at se two kb yeah. yeah special edition two kilobytes <laughs> yeah we're that old uh, <laughs> yay and as you heard the interview with with I've got to call him Doctor Birmingham I don't know why I was going to do that but with John Birmingham of course now super author super author and uh, the uh, and the technology that that writers had to go through to and, and even today have to live through so if you want to be a professional writer now you know how to do it it all comes down to technology not to do with your talent or your dedication at all. <laughs> there are links to various things we've talked about on the website, and we'll also put in a link to John Birmingham.
Instagram's Twitter feed, which is always worthy of a, a bit of a read. <laughs> That's right. He's an angry man, and he has many burgers who follow his commands. Oh, uh, if you enjoyed the John Birmingham interview, there will be another oh, 10 minutes of the interview that we cut out in the point five episode that'll probably turn up in about two weeks from when this one gets... That's actually, such sizzle. Yeah. Listen to Dan sizzle it. Yeah. So about uh, first week of February, expect it. Or just subscribe to the um, RSS. Get into should. your iTunes or go to the website and click on the iTunes button and boom, suddenly you're subscribed to Smart Enough No Better and it will automatically download to your computer. And once you're there, very important, please rate the podcast. We always need a good rating. And if you're feeling excitable, only takes a couple of minutes, write a quick review. If you liked it, tell us. If you didn't like it, that's okay too. We need to know. We need to know what we're doing wrong. And right. Oh, yeah. Do you think that happens? Yeah, I think so. Occasionally it does. Oh, that's kind of an upbeat notion. I'm the podcast. I was going for that, yes. Actually, I'll turn off the landline too. It'll be like Xanadu. We'll be in the most amazing part of the, of the interview where we're, we're throwing pearls and John's answering perfectly. Phone rings, which no one can ever remember. And there's no way of going back and listening. Oh, the poem Xanadu, not yes. the film with the roller skaters. Okay. Yes, see, that was what I thought. There. <laughs> see? <laughs> so who's the idiot here? Me, obviously. Back to Kubla Khan for you. <laughs> Do you want me to lead off or? Yeah, sure. Cool. You, go, you go first. Welcome, Welcome to Smart Enough to Know. Oh, he took it from me. There is a third one. We never even touched on it. No. It has nothing to do with rainbows. Yeah. It sounds like the title of a, of a Muppet song. There's nothing to do with rainbows. <laughs> And he went, that was really honest. I went, thanks, that's what, you know, that's what I'm about. And he went, I don't like it when teachers are honest. I went, I will take that under advisement. <laughs>